Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Love in a Cottage, episode number 12. Hey, welcome if you are joining us for the first time. I am so happy that you're here, that you found us. Um, We're a relatively new show, but we are a growing community, and it is so fun that you're here. If you're on Instagram, that is where we like to hang out during the week, so we're there at 11 A Cottage Podcast, and we also have a Facebook group, which I have a lot of dreams to kind of be more in that space where we can actually connect with each other. Um, as like-minded women who are walking through similar seasons of life. So speaking of which, for me today's episode is so special and I hope it will be for you too because it's a conversation with Hannah King and I have followed Hannah on Instagram for quite some time so it was so much fun to get to connect with her in real life but she is a mama to two girls under two. She's technically do with her second in October and our daughters were actually born like a couple days apart um, our first daughters and so that was really fun to chat about motherhood as well as postpartum depression Um, she just vulnerably beautifully shares about that season of her life as well as some things that the Lord has taught her and her marriage and yeah it's just such an encouraging conversation I think you're going to absolutely love it And I also wanted to just say that you can probably hear I'm super out of breath right now. (laughs) I'm recording this intro the day before this episode airs, um, and I am 37 weeks pregnant, but I have had some contractions and stuff. Um, I know that I'm 90% faced right now, and so definitely could go into labor at any time. I'm very, very excited to share this birth story as I am just praying that it is such a redemptive healing experience after a very hard first birth with my daughter Flora and I was not planning though on having a baby before 40 weeks. Obviously babies have minds of their own but I have some interviews scheduled this week in hopes that there won't be a gap in episodes airing but there might be. So this might be one of the last episodes for a couple of weeks. I'll keep you all updated on Instagram um, if that happens for some reason. But just wanted to let you know that if you see a break in episodes being published, do not worry. I will be back very, very soon after I have my baby girl. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Hannah King. Yay! Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the Love in a Cottage podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, this is so fun because I have been following you on Instagram for quite a while. So this is the first time we've like connected, I guess, in in real life, even though we're on Zoom. (laughs) 
Um, but I just am so like inspired by you. And it's so fun that we are both pregnant with our second daughter and our girls are pretty close in age. And I just think that's really special. Yeah. Similar life seasons. That's awesome. Totally. So if you could just introduce yourself to us, um, just share like your name, your husband's name, how long you guys have been married, kids, all, all the things. All the things. Okay. <laughs> um, my name is Hannah King and I'm married to Cody King. His name is like, I feel like he was named after a Western because it just kind of goes <laughs> like along with it. Um, but we've been married for three years now in September, and we were high school sweethearts, so we had been dating for quite a bit before. And then we're actually going on our second baby girl this October, and I have to like stop myself from saying her name because I've gotten in the habit of saying her name. So yeah, we're very excited to meet her and just to have a growing family. So so sweet. And your first daughter, Aspen, when was she born? She was born in March of 2020, so it was like okay. the same week that COVID hit, so it was kind of crazy, and oh my yeah, gosh. but it's been a fun year. <laughs> Wild, yeah. Wow, that is so crazy. Flora was born March 25th, 2020, oh, so nice. similar yeah. timing. Yeah, she was born the 27th, so we okay. were probably in the hospital. <laughs> oh yeah. What a time. What a time yeah. to have a baby. Uh, okay so so many things I'm excited to talk with you about today motherhood and marriage but the first thing I want to ask you about is your new business I guess you've had it for a little while now but recently you launched a shop called Earthside and I just want to know like where that dream started and kind of what that whole process has been like especially launching a business with a toddler and during COVID. I just want to hear all about that. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's my other little baby because I've just dreamed about that for such a long time. So it's called Earthside Goods and we have a little small online shop for babies and mama wear um, and lots of dreams that come with that too. So um, that's something that I don't know. I've since I was a little girl, I used to love playing pretend like cash register and starting businesses and like would sell little magazines to my family. I've just always wanted to start a business. Um, and then when I was a freshman in college, my husband and I, well, we weren't married at that time, but we decided to start like a little Instagram thrift shop and it was super tiny, but we had so much fun with it and just loved like the process of shipping out things and praying for the people that we were shipping to and just kind of having like that bonding experience too with it. So we knew that we always wanted to circle back to that because that lasted until I went to college in Phoenix. Um, and so, yeah, we knew that we always wanted to do something like that and then started kind of working on the idea of it during 2020 when everything was shut down and we were just dreaming of something that we could do more together. And then we launched this March. So yeah, it's still relatively new and it's been really fun to do and figure out things and keep it, like keep dreaming with it. Um, but we're having a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. I love that you guys get to do that together. Like it's so fun that it started as something that you guys enjoy doing together. And I know like, I love that you've shared before on your stories that you guys like pray over every order it's like obviously time consuming, right? And not necessarily what the world would consider the most like efficient, but the fact that you guys 
have made that a priority as business owners, I know is so meaningful to your customers and your audience. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, it's something that, yeah, you kind of are thinking, what do you want to do as a business? What are you prioritizing? And just the idea that there's families and other little boys and girls wearing these clothes that, you know, we got to pick out and it's just so special and it's something so little and like clothes aren't that important, but also it's so fun (laughs) too. So yeah, it's cool thinking about these families and feeling like they're trusting us with this. So it's cool. Totally. I love that. And then I know that you mentioned college. Um, and I kind of like stalked your YouTube, I don't know, a couple months back. I was like <laughs> watching all of these videos. And I know you had shared just about like, yeah, deciding to leave college. And I wasn't sure if you wanted to share a little bit about that experience. Because um, you're, are you... Yeah. 22, 23? I'm 23. Yeah. 23. Okay. So kind of in a stage where, yeah, some girls might be thinking about college or unsure, especially with COVID. So right. if you could just share a little bit about that experience. Right. Um, yeah. College is quite the topic <laughs> because I feel like you are a senior in high school and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I have to decide what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And I have all these decisions to make and I have to decide like what career and where I want to go. And do I want to leave home? Do I want to go off? And it's just a really big, overwhelming season. Um, And so I really want to encourage my girls like growing up that they have so many different options outside of college too. Um, And college is great, but also like you don't have to necessarily go down that traditional path. There's other options. Um, So I knew that it was the right decision because Cody and I, we actually had a breakup in the middle of our relationship. And then when we got back together, I was like, oh, nope, this is what I want. And we just kind of knew. And so we had like a three month engagement um, and really like did it fast after we got back together. And so I just felt a lot of peace with it. I felt a lot of confidence with it. Um, I can be really indecisive indecisive about things like where I want to eat or different little things like that, but dig, big decisions. I was like, no, I know this is something that God has for us. And so I ended up moving back to like our hometown area and then we got engaged and got married. And I still ended up continuing to do online college and got my bachelor's online. Um, And that was just a decision that, I mean, I felt like it was just kind of honoring my parents and the investment into my life. And um, yeah, I just felt like that was the right thing to do at the time. But I think that that whole season of your life of deciding like what you're going to do in the next steps of your life, like that is something that is so different for everyone that you can totally follow your passions and desires and the things that God has put in your mind and heart. And um, yeah, to just kind of follow that because you can always go back to college. You can always do college later. You can do college now and and have that whole experience. And it's super fun. I had a blast at college, but um, yeah, that was kind of my situation with it and kind of my thoughts about it. I love that. And did Cody go to college with you or what I guess, was that transition like since y'all started dating in high school and then you moved away for college? 
Yeah, so he always kind of knew since I had met him that he wanted to be a firefighter. And so that's what he does. And he decided to do junior college that year and then um, also go to the fire academy. So that's what he did. Yeah. Wow. So he's been a firefighter the entirety of your marriage at this point. Yes. Wow. Oh my gosh. I have never, I don't know if I've ever met, I mean, I know firefighters, but I haven't like talked to their wives, I guess, about what that experience is like for you. Has that, would have been like the positives and maybe the challenges of being a fire wife as a, as a wife and a mom? Yeah. Um, that's a whole topic too. I love that. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's definitely not something that I don't know. I don't think I ever had a thought about like what my future husband's career would be, (laughs) but, um, yeah, that is a big aspect of your marriage, right? So he knew that he wanted to do that. And it is so fun because he loves coming home from work and like loves his job. And to just be able to see your spouse love what they do is something so cool and rewarding. Um, But yeah, it was really hard getting married that first year and then jumping into that life because he had finished the academy, got his first job with um, California's Wildland Fire, so which is called Cal Fire, um, and that's all throughout the state of California. And so you live in California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the year that we got married, there was a lot of wildfires. And so mm-hmm. I remember we got married, had our honeymoon, like came back for two weeks, and then he was gone for a month. And so I went from like being in college and like being surrounded by people all the time to like being newly married in this house and then like also the place that we moved like I knew some people but I did not grow up there so we weren't plugged into a church we didn't have a community um and so yeah we didn't have that and then like I was just learning like different things like how to mow my lawn for the first time and like that you don't like really think about um and so that whole year was really difficult um, in the job aspect, just because there's times where he had to be gone. And so, um, yeah, you can get into just a lot of anxiety with thoughts about safety or um, just really thinking about what's going on. And I remember that there was a lady at a church that we had just started going to, and she had been like, I guess, a fire wife veteran for a while. And so she like took me out to coffee and I was so excited because I was expecting like just words of life and encouragement. And like, I was like, this is going to be my person. Like I'm going to have a mentor. And I just walked out sobbing. <laughs> like, um, and that just also is a testament to like watch who speaks words into your life. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I learned though from that experience, like, okay, these are going to be my boundaries with it and how much I am going to like emotionally invest into figuring out what fire he's at and what his situation is at. Like, I just kind of have a boundary of like, I don't let my mind go to like the dangerous aspect of it. And then um, if there is a crazy fire, like, and family's asking and people are asking, I'm not going to like, I'm going to give like 
the answer that I know, but I'm not going to be doing a bunch of research into that. So just kind of having those emotionally healthy boundaries have been great. And then throughout the years, um, he switched departments to city jobs, which is totally different than Wildland Fire. And he has like a really great schedule now where he can be home with us for days and then he'll be gone for a couple days. Um, but we've gotten into that rhythm and used to that. And so we've seen like the beauty and the blessing of him getting to be home for days at a time. And yeah, it's been, it's a big journey. And um, you always just think like, I guess when you're younger that like your husband will have a job, you'll have a job, but you don't realize how much that job affects your life. So it's been, I'm really proud of him and I love the job, but it's definitely been a journey. Yeah. Yeah, what a huge sacrifice, especially when you um, have your babies. But I love that you can all see, like, the beauty of it and how when he's home, like, he just gets to be at home and not, like, right going to work. And I also really just appreciate you sharing your wisdom about, like, not getting too invested in the situation because I think I, – I can't imagine what it would be like to – have a husband who was a firefighter or in law enforcement and like we live in California right we have no connection to to anyone who like my husband isn't a firefighter and people will still text us our family from out of state like there's a fire are you okay and so right. to have to have that boundary um those emotional boundaries I feel like is just so great and so encouraging so I appreciate you sharing that what do you feel like have been some ways that like the Lord has met you in those times of anxiety? Like how have you found the strength or like drawn from his peace when you need it, when you are feeling anxious about Cody and his job? Hmm. Um, that's a really good question. I think that it's interesting because I feel like every step and season of life, like God strengthens you as you go on in the things that you're like looking back on now and you're like, oh, I could totally do that. Like you couldn't, you know, like God strengthened you for that. So when I look back, I think about that first year a lot because that was the foundation of like, I feel like the strength that has come with being a part of that job. And so um, like, I remember the first, the second month, actually, I got in a car accident and he was on that fire and I couldn't get a hold of him. We had just got in car insurance and um, I didn't have the card with me because he was the one that did it. And so I'm like talking to the agent saying like, I promise I have insurance. Like I'm just trying to find it. But like God sent a friend from out of the area that same week that was a part of that whole situation with me. And um was able to just kind of be a sounding board of reason and a calm and a consistency. And so I feel like God has really shown up with people and encouragement in that way. But I also feel like in a lot of like, especially when I think about that first year and a lot of the loneliness that also comes with it, or just frustration of doing things by yourself on days that you need your husband. Um, I think just like an intimacy and relationship with him has been everything and just fighting for truth of your mind and fighting for your mind to abide in in thoughts that are higher than yours and not what you know to be true, but seeing a bigger picture and seeing like, and kind of enjoying like, wow, God's making me tough. Like I am mowing a lawn. I never thought I would mow a lawn, but you know, like something as simple as that makes you feel a lot more, um, tough. And so things like that, I just feel like 
you get encouraged by how God is strengthening you and the character um, that he's giving you in that moment. And so, yeah, it just gives me a huge appreciation for people that, you know, have more challenging jobs in different ways, like in the military and things like that, that people like have experiences that, you know, I haven't had and the strengths that they have in that. I just am really encouraged by people like that too. And so, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about that. That's huge. I love that you say like, you're able to see that God is making you tough. That is so good because I feel like I'm in a season right now especially where he is making me tough. Like we um, don't have any family and we thought we would probably be able to, well, we have family not not here living with us. And so we thought we'd be able to move before our second daughter is born. And it's looking like we probably won't. We'll probably be here through um, at least December. And so I think for a long time, I really allowed myself to like feel sorry for myself instead of taking it as an opportunity that the Lord could like really strengthen me and I could develop that intimacy with him. And especially like with COVID, I feel like it's become so easy for me to be really like codependent on my husband because he's like home all the time Um, since he can do most of his like work in school has been like all remote, which is great. But I want, I want to develop more of that intimacy with the Lord and not just be like leaning on my husband to fulfill things that he can't, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, what's he in school for? Marriage and family therapy. It's a master's. So he's kind of done, almost done. That's been a whole, a whole journey as far as like figuring out hours and requirements and that sort of thing. So how did you guys decide then to have kids if that like first year was really, really challenging. And he was still working for Cal Fire. When did you get pregnant with Aspen, like in your marriage timeline? I guess. Yeah. Okay. Let me think back. Um, we got pregnant, I think the end of July of 2019, I think I'm trying to do the math. In my head. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but she was actually, yeah, a huge blessing in a miracle. Um, I talk about it a little bit on a YouTube video, but I basically had like a huge period thing going on and I went to the OB and they told me that I would have a hard time conceiving um, and that was a whole journey. And then within like a couple weeks, we actually ended up conceiving Aspen. So she wasn't planned, um, but she was a total just promise of the Lord that, um, he answered and, um, just something that, yeah, was just blessed us. It was a little overwhelming at first cause we weren't expecting that, you know, yeah. uh, but also just like, wow, this was God's plan for our life. And so like just feeling prepared and ready because he thought we were prepared and ready was a big thing, but also feeling a lot of overwhelming feelings too, because yeah, we were so young and, um, we didn't know a lot of people our age that had babies. And so we're, we were kind of thrown into a season of like, man, do we hang out with um, people that are like 10 years older than us that have kids the same age? Or are we, you know, hanging out with our friends and they are definitely not anywhere close to having kids yet, you know? So um, 
yeah, it was a, a fun season. But um, after that, we always knew we wanted to have a big family. And so we knew that like we wanted to get pregnant as soon as possible with the second one. As soon as like we were done with um, just like feeling ready and back into life and stuff. So, yeah. And what does a typical day for you and Aspen look like now, especially on the days since you have Cody's there sometimes and then sometimes he's away for a couple of days? Yeah. um, So we love to start our morning out with breakfast. Aspen's a big food girl. so (laughs) Love that. Yeah. I'm not a big morning person. So this has totally 6am wake up calls has stretched me in so many ways. Um, But she loves just having a lot of like independence and different things that she's doing and like helping out with different chores around the house and stuff. And so like the whole breakfast routine is fun because she likes putting like her waffle in the toaster and (laughs) just like all sorts of things like that. Um, But then yeah, we will either hang out with other moms and go to park days or we'll go to like the family farm we like to get out a lot too of the house and um she's really busy so we'll package up orders go to the post office just a lot of like normal fun things which has been so good for my soul because I feel like it's just brought a lot of like consistency in my life and just patience and yeah it's been really sweet to just have normal like mom days (laughs) And that having those things, I feel like definitely helps break up those long periods of time, especially when like, it's great when they nap less, but also like challenging, you know, so having all of that time um, and having those, like you said, normal mom days. So how have you gone about finding those mom friends and like groups and that sort of thing? Because I know, like, again, I'm... 22 and living in California, it's especially rare, I feel like, to be young and having kids. So how did you go about finding those mom friends? Yeah, um, I think it's hard, yeah, because of our age and it is hard to think like, man, are there going to be any moms that are in the same life season as me and the same age and going to relate on certain things? Like, were we even in high school at the same time? Um, But I think yeah, church has helped a lot putting myself out there and getting rejected sometimes and then sometimes succeeding in like, hey, do you want to hang out? Um, Has helped a lot. And I feel like doing activities, I've learned doing activities instead of coffee dates has been, I would much rather do a coffee date with somebody, but doing an activity has actually, I feel like been more fluent in like a mom relationship. So I don't know if that's a tip or just something that has worked for me. Um, And I still feel like friends are seasonal, right? And so um, I still have relationships with friends that aren't moms, and that's great. And I want to cheer them on on the things that are important and exciting for them. Um, But I do think that mom friends are special because there's a huge relatability. And as a mom, you want to be able to relate with people and you want to be able to be understood and yeah, talk about things like nap schedules because that's what your mind is thinking about the whole time anyways. Um, so yeah, it's been a journey with that and it's definitely something where like, 
in certain seasons, I'll feel a little low. And I'm like, man, I really just need a really solid mom friend right now. And then, because moms are also busy. And so it's hard to have an expectation on friendships of showing up at this or wanting to do this when you're free and and sometimes you're busy and they can't. Um, So yeah, it's definitely a huge journey that I feel like will continue to be different throughout life and in different seasons, like when our kids go to school and we were just talking about that the other day, like what are our friends going to look like when our kids are in school and we're going to be with parents that, yeah, are 10 years older than us. Are we going to connect? And um, I think Cody's job has helped a lot too, because a lot of his friends are in their thirties and even forties sometimes. And so it's really helped me like get past that mindset that they have to be the same age as me, or they have to like relate on everything and just learning more of how to be a good friend and how to cater to different personalities instead. So totally, man, John and I were just talking about that, like how difficult it is to balance wanting friends that like you can relate to and have things in common with, but also not having this incredibly high standard, I guess, of trying to find someone exactly like you or who's in like the exact same circumstances as you. And because we need community and like, it's the same with church. Like we'll never find, you know, a perfect church, but still being willing to like look past some of those things and embrace those friendships, um, I think is huge. So I love that you, both of you guys have been able to do that. And it sounds like it's really blessed you in a lot of ways. That is so true. I feel like the expectation conversation is huge because I feel like becoming a parent, you realize like how much you don't have expectations on a lot of things, on people, on situations. Like you just learn how to roll with it more. And so loving people almost becomes a little bit easier because you also have like a toddler crying at you, you know, so you could just learn how to be a little bit more patient and understand other people's feelings and perspectives. And yeah. That's good. Yeah, those babies are sanctifying and refining and it's so hard. But yeah, I definitely, I was just talking with one of my best friends the other day who had a baby a couple weeks ago and we were talking about showering and she said, man, I would just kind of like roll my eyes when a mom said like, oh, I had a shower. It was great. Like you can't take five minutes to shower, but she had just showered before I came over to meet her baby girl and she's like, it was the best. Like, no, I get it. I get why (laughs) it's so hard. And yeah, parenting just really does, I think, give us grace for other people in a lot of ways, which is so good. Yes. (laughs) The sour conversation. I don't know when I've last had one. (laughs) That's a good, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I told my husband a couple days ago, I can't wait to shower. And I just thought that was so funny. (laughs) Um, So you've shared a little bit as well, like on social media, kind of about postpartum and what that season was like for you. And I really believe that, especially when you've had a baby during COVID and like in the timing that we did when things were so unknown, so new, and being in California, like especially, I feel like extra locked down a lot of the time, um, postpartum was just really, really challenging for me. And I know it has been for so many others as I've shared. And so would you just be willing to share a little bit about postpartum, what that was like for you and um, maybe even like some encouragement or 
thoughts that you have coming up on having your second girl and what you're maybe looking forward to or thinking about differently with postpartum this time? Yeah, that is a great conversation that I honestly felt a little bit nervous about talking about just because my mind wants to like figure it out and like have a right answer for it. And it really doesn't make sense. (laughs) You know, postpartum depression is something that is so difficult and tender to my heart. Um, and I don't know what that's going to look like in the future. And I'm, I'm praying through that for the future. Um, but it's something that definitely makes me want to like check on other moms in because I know that that is something that is so hard. Um, when we had Aspen, her whole, I just remember birth, um, and situation and just different things that happened during that season of life. I really wanted to block out. Like I couldn't watch videos or see certain pictures or different things of that season of life just because it was painful to remember. And um, I just really couldn't imagine ever getting to a healthy spot where I wanted to go through this newborn stage again. Um, so it's by the grace of God that we're there, um, close to there again. But yeah, um, I remember going to the OB for your follow-up appointment and they had like a little pamphlet that you had to fill out. Did you fill one of those out? I feel like everybody. They gave me one in the hospital. It was like a social worker who is trying to be low key and like just casually chatting, but also was like taking notes as I was talking with her. Yeah. That is a lot more daunting. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. That's overwhelming. Um, but yeah, so I remember going to this appointment and having to like say yes or no to all of the symptoms. And I'm like, well, crap, I have all of them as yes, but there's no way that I'm going to say that yes to any of these. Um, and that was a personality thing. That was something where it was like, I don't want to admit my weakness in this. Like I got this. And if I, if I admit that I'm struggling with this, then I have to come to terms with this and I have to deal with it. And I have no idea what to do about this. So anyways, yeah, I ended up saying no and just thinking about it and keeping it in my mind that I'm not being honest in this season of life and trying to make it look like I have it all together. And I just didn't. And so it was months of walking through just a lot of dark feelings and thoughts and emotions and a lot of weeping and a lot of putting my daughter to bed. And then on the nights Cody wasn't there, just falling on my living room floor and crying and um, just feeling these feelings and thoughts that I had never experienced before. And yeah, I had to pull up a blog post that I wrote about it the other day because I wanted to write a blog post on it when I was in the season because I knew that like if I was to write it now, I would never be able to articulate like those feelings and thoughts and the realness of it. And I would just be able to knock it off as like, oh, that was really hard, but not really admit to the pain of it. Um, And yeah, so I think that it's something that I realized at the end of it that postpartum depression was everything that God is not. And so being able to focus on the character of God and being able to focus on who he is and the things that he's proclaimed over me, over my life, over 
Aspen and fighting not only for a sound mind and for a mind filled with truth and peace, but fighting for my daughter and fighting for my husband and fighting for my family and fighting for the generations to come. Like that became, I guess, just this fight in my spirit of even if like I was laying on my carpet just crying, like I have to, I have to go to bed. I have to wake up in the morning and I have to find little bits of joy. And so for me, I think a lot of it was also just instead of like seeing it as loneliness, like trying to see it as an opportunity where I could maybe hear the voice of God and just wanting so badly to hear his voice and craving that to where prayer just became everything and reading scripture became everything. Um, And that was a lot for me because I had never really been in a consistent like reading the Bible schedule and and different things like that. Um, But obviously postpartum depression looks so different for everyone. And I guess just my encouragement in it is to, um, yeah, find the God that is everything that postpartum depression isn't. And I think that that as a source of peace and refuge and safety and shelter was everything for me. And so that's helped me a lot. But I think also to just be graceful with people and to see people and to also use like your pain and sorrow and that to like as an opportunity to like look at other people and really look at them and really see like, man, is this person really okay when I'm asking them, how are they? And what are new moms going through? And even when you're in the midst of that pain, like serving others and like trying to figure out their heart and loving them, I think is super healing for yourself too. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about that journey. Um, And it's something that I know I have really imperfect words on and I don't have it figured out. And I wish I had a better answer for that, but yeah, that's that. Thank you so much. That is so encouraging. And I know those are going to be such words of life that I'm going to come back to later and other people will be so encouraged by. And I think it's just such a a humble and like truthful place that it sounds like you've really been able to come to because it's not that the feelings that you were feeling were not real and difficult and maybe even like valid, but the fact that you can take like those very real difficult things and feelings and thoughts that you had and like compare them to God's character and say like, this may not feel easy or good, but like, I'm going to fight to believe this and pursue this truth, I think is so important. And that's really like the shift that is needed both, um, you know, postpartum and like beyond, I feel like Right. It's that choosing to make that mental shift and that's, it's so hard to do, but how do you feel like, how did you come to that point? Or I guess, what did that practically look like as you were like fighting to renew your mind with scripture and like just spend time with the Lord? Because I think that can be discouraging for people. And they think that, especially as they're figuring out how to like be a new mom, if, if time with the Lord doesn't look how it did when they were in college or before they had kids, then it can feel discouraging. But I guess, how did you navigate that and come to that place, if that makes sense? Right. Um, Well, I think to be really honest, like, it's not like 
I, the term postpartum depression is interesting to me because it's like talking about a season of life and it's like all of a sudden it's magically supposed to be over and you're magically supposed to be okay, right? And I wouldn't say like I have postpartum depression, so I would definitely not say that. But there are times when like as a mom that those fights like still continue, that those thoughts still wage war and that that battle is still going on and like my life with Christ, my abiding in his character, like that looks very, very imperfect. And um, yeah, that's hard. But I think, I think there is just this, like, because our souls were created for his, I think there's this fight in us that wants to have, like get closer and closer to the cross and get closer and closer to him and want to have that resolve in our mind. Um, and so I think like realizing like, man, I'm in a season that's really dark right now and just kind of like sitting with that and realizing like, okay, these are the feelings I'm feeling and these are my thoughts. And like, I don't have to just feel like I have to fix it right now. Like I can Mm -hmm. process this and just talk about it. And so I think just like talking about it with God was everything instead of like, just seeing God as like, okay, I have to go pray right now, or I have to go read scripture. And just like, those things are so edifying and and perfect for us and great. But like, just talking through like the emotions that I was having, was like all I could give God. And that was enough. And that's what he wanted. He wanted to have that sort of intimacy with me where like, he wants to hear like, man, I just really can't do this. And I'm really tired right now, God. And that's really it. Um, and so I don't know if that is necessarily the best answer, but I think, yeah, for a mom that, um, is struggling through all of those feelings of, man, I can't just go read scripture right now, just to be able to like, when you're washing your dishes or when you're crying or when you're driving to just be able to say, okay, God, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. And you might not feel a receptive feeling of peace right away, but like you will look back from weeks from now and be like, wow, my relationship with God has gotten so closer and you will feel that feeling. And, Mm -hmm. and so it's just like consistent little like offerings to him of where we're at and speaking to our, like what we're feeling and experiencing. So. Wow. That's huge. And that is so attainable. Like that's something that we, as moms with young kids can always be like talking to him, whether that's out loud or like you said, while you're (laughs) doing the dishes or um, driving, like I think it's so easy to forget that we have the opportunity to bring those things to him, those feelings like at any time. Um, Or sometimes I'm like using that time to like think about what I need to be doing And it almost like gets me more worked up. But when I like lay that down and just (laughs) tell the Lord, like how overwhelmed I am, um, it's amazing how much, how that gives me more peace than me, like trying to figure it all out in my head and create these expectations. So Hannah, what are you most looking forward to about having another daughter? I just would love to hear like your dreams for them, your prayers for them, um, both for this girl individually and then just like your girls and your family as a whole. I would love if you would share a little bit of that. Yeah. 
That's that's a really good question too. You have a lot of great questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think you should, I think you should answer this one too at the end. Aww. of the You're having a girl too, right? I am. Yep, two girls, oh, two under that's two. So <laughs> that's so fun. Um, it's so fun finding out too because I feel like once you find out, you're like, oh, that's just right. Like that, we were made to have like two girls right now. Exactly. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um. Thoughts and prayers for her. I pray that my daughters have a lot of just like godly confidence and kindness that they really just walk knowing who they are um, and not wavering in that. I think as girls, like I've always dealt with comparison and insecurity and things like that. Those are really hard battles. And so I think sometimes as a mom, you want for your kids like the things that you felt like you had a gap in and that you struggled with. So I really pray that they have like just a confidence and an exuberance for life and they're excited about it and they have fun and that they feel really safe in our family and heard and through all of it, you know, through the parts that are yucky and and all of that. But then also like after that time of getting to be raised in our family that they feel like an independence to go out and live their lives and that they have their mom and dad rooting them on and with them in it. Um, So I just have a lot of dreams for them, I guess, in the sense of like freedom. I just really want freedom over their lives and freedom over their relationship with God and feeling like they can come to him, feeling that they can stand up for his truth in a world that is crazy and shifting and and different. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, having a kid right now is kind of a crazy thing because we are living in a lot of craziness and division. And so I pray that they bring a lot of peace and light, but also have a lot of boldness to stand up for what's right and true. So um, I know those are all kind of answers that like probably every mom would say, you know, that's <laughs> for their kids. So it's nothing special, but I really... I really pray that they just get to love the Lord so and get to love who he's created them to be. Mm, I love that. And I I totally am with you that a lot of parents, I think, would agree that they want those same things. But I think it's so special that you are like intentionally thinking about those things and praying those over your girls consistently. Now, even like when one is still in the womb, you know, like I feel like that will make such a difference in their lives, the power of you praying for them intentionally. Hmm. Thank you. What are things that you want for your girls? Yeah, so I'm an only child and I always wanted brothers and sisters. And so I think just like that sibling bond, I'm so excited for them to have um, because I always wanted a sister. And so I've been thinking along similar lines though in like comparison and confidence because I want to be extremely like thoughtful and mindful that they're girls and they're going to be really close in age. And I just want to love and embrace them as individuals and like figure out how to best celebrate them and their strengths and their gifts as individuals, even though they are like right now the girls and we'd like to have more kids in the future as well. So we might have even more girls, I'm not sure, but just really being cautious and mindful of not like saying, oh, well, 
Flora is this sister and our other girl is this sister or this sister's really, um, I don't know, like physical features, just all, all of the things. I want to be speaking intentional life to them and I really want to be mindful of how I speak about myself because I know that, you know, our girls are looking to us as their moms and they have our genes, you know, like if we're speaking negatively about like a zit or some cellulite or something, that's so easy to do, especially when they're, you know, toddlers, like we don't think about them really internalizing that, but they will see themselves through the lens that we give them and how we see ourselves. And so um, I feel like for Flora, just the word joy has been like a theme kind of since she was even when I was pregnant with her. And I see so much of that like very joyful spirit. And then with our second daughter, I just really think like sweet and peaceful are like words that I've been kind of getting for her as I, as I pray for her. So yeah, that they would obviously both be both of those things, but um, figuring out how I can pray and support them and the personalities and gifts that God has given them gets me excited. That's beautiful. I'm excited for you. That's big. Thank you. So Hannah, we will wrap this up with a couple of just like fun rapid fire questions. So what are three things that you have been loving lately? Okay, and this can be anything. Anything. Yep. Anything. Okay. okay, Well, I've really been. (laughs) This sounds like such a grandma answer, and I don't know if somebody's going to think like I'm just this sweet little little grandma mom. (laughs) I'm really not. I I used to be like very chaotic and spunky. So uh, (laughs) I love knitting (laughs) now. Wait, stop. have you been knitting? <laughs> I love knitting too. Yes. How, when did you, how long have you been knitting for? Um, well, so yeah, so I used to have the sweetest Mormon neighbor and she was probably like 75 and I was like 12. Um, and I would dog sit her dog and she taught me how to knit and it was like, I hated it. Like I loved doing it just to like be nice to this lady and stuff like that. But I was just, I always have to move. I was like very like exuberant and just couldn't stay still. So like things like crafting and like homemaking and Paige, you should have seen my first beanie. It's, (laughs) I'll I'll show you after this, but it it was such a disaster. And so I was like, you know what? I just really want to knit my baby a beanie. And I have no idea how to knit a beanie, but it's crazy because it was like muscle memory of like remembering how to knit. And so now I'm on like my fourth beanie and I'm probably going to make beanies for all of my friends' babies. And like, yes. people are going to be like, stop giving me beanies, but it's so much fun. <laughs> oh, it is so much fun. I'm addicted. I am, after we finish this interview, I'm going to my local yarn shop because I made oh. my husband... I have like panels of a sweater done. So I have the front, the back and two oh, sleeves, wow. but it was my second ever knitting project. I was like, why not make a sweater? But I need help stitching it together. And I have no yeah. idea. So I am impressed. We'll you are on the sweater level. That is where I want to get. So I'll have to ask you questions. It's wow. just giant squares right now. So we'll see okay. how it turns out. <laughs> I am so impressed for your husband, you said. Yeah, he's really like tall and thin. And so proportionally, he needs like extra large, but then it's always like 
I don't know, too big or whatever. So but if you make it, then it's going to be perfect. Yeah, which is fun. That's the hope. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So that's so we're into knitting right now. Yes. And then um, I'm actually just like really into reading right now. I'm rereading. Um, is it reading? Um, Praying the scriptures over your child. Is that the, have you heard of that book? I, yes. And it's, it's got like different chapters and then a prayer for like specific yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. So I've been loving reading that one. Um, I'm reading one also, like I'm into historical fiction now again, so I can just like have downtime. So I love reading everything on my Kindle. And then the third thing I have been really into just, listening to podcasts so I will listen to your podcast I did listen to yours with Courtney that was very exciting I loved that one um and yeah so those are my three they're really mundane things and non-exciting but I'm also getting towards that third trimester section I am in the third trimester so I feel like I get a pass on like kind of doing mundane boring things (laughs) (laughs) totally I love that your body's like and we're winding down to rest (laughs) Coming out of the the nesting phase, which by the way, that mural turned out so good in the. Oh, thank you. In the, yeah. are Aspen and Baby Girl gonna share a room? Yeah. So, okay. just because okay, I've always wanted a sister too, and so <laughs> um, she could have her own room. So if it is an absolute disaster, then we'll move her to another room. But yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea of them sharing a room. So they are going to share that room for, from what we know now, but we are totally adaptable if that needs to be. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. How can we as a community be praying for you? Hmm. That is a sweet, sweet question. I think just for confidence and strength in this next season, I think just thinking about giving birth again um, and all that stuff. I'm sure you're experiencing a lot of those same feelings too, but it's just a little bit overwhelming since yeah that first experience was something and um yeah so I think just having a confidence in it and just realizing that my body was made to do this I can do this I'm capable in it and um yeah there's also like a fun adrenaline rush that comes to that I'm excited for so <laughs> there there is an excitement to birth I don't want to like paint it as like this bad thing it's so exciting and I'm just really really excited to meet her and see Aspen and her together and what that experience is going to be like too. So as we're looking to that next season, I think just like a lot of strength would be really sweet. Totally. I love that. And then where can people find you? Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram at Hannah Lane King, which is H-A-N-E-L-A-I-N-E-K-I-N-G. (laughs) (laughs) And then I also have a blog, which is just hannahlane.com. And then, yeah, I have other social medias on that too for um, Earthside and stuff. So Awesome. Yes, definitely go check out Earthside. I love, I love that little shop. It's so cute. We need to get some new things for Flora's baby sister. So I might have to hop on later today. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Hannah. I can't wait for people to listen and... I know that women are going to be really blessed by the wisdom that you have to share. It was such a joy and honor. Thank you so much for having me.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I am so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you like today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because guys, I promise we're super fun. (laughs) We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.